Why you give him tension? These words came to my mind today when I spilled some water on my on my partner's on the top of his wardrobe and right on top of his wardrobe sits a NAS drive. Um, and so it's not supposed to get wet at all. And I normally don't put any cups or anything up there. It's just that this one night, um, a few days ago, I didn't feel like washing my water bottle. So I took a cup to bed instead. And then when I was cleaning the next morning, I put the cup on the wardrobe um, so that I could wipe the the tables and the and the cube box um, that I kind of use as my small night table next to my bed. And so when I was cleaning all the surfaces, as I usually do, that cup was there. And so I put it up on the on the wardrobe and normally I don't put anything up there. And so today I saw it and it's been like a few days that it's been up there and um and when I went to when I went to to take it off, of course I spilled it, <laughs> and so and so I'm like, oh shoot, and I'm like quickly like thank God I had a a rag that I was using a mi- microfiber cloth that I used to clean up um, to wipe the surfaces down, and so I had that right there, um, and I soaked up the water as best as I could, and it wasn't a lot, um, but it thankfully the Nas drive has like these round circular discs on the bottom which um which elevate it by maybe a quarter inch and thank goodness that it has that um it wasn't a lot of water that spilled um but some of it was around one of the circular um discs or pegs um as you would call it and and it wasn't a lot of water so i was thinking to myself should i should i call my partner and ask him um, if it's okay, and I'm pretty sure it it is okay. The the drive itself is okay. The whole thing is okay. Just water spilled and spilled on the very bottom around one of the the pegs that it stands on, um, and um, it didn't touch water. Didn't touch any other part of it. So I'm I'm thinking that it's that it's okay. That it's you know, I'm pretty sure that it's okay. And I think about calling him, and right away when I think about calling him. Um, I think about something that his mom said to me when we were um, living together. And often when I would break something or mess something up, I would tell him. And one time she told me in the kitchen, she was like, why, why you give him tension? And she said it in the way that I said it at the beginning of this, um, of this podcast. She said, she said it with an accent. So that's, that's how it came to my mind. And my immediate like shot back to that was and this is the the storyteller in me um that is always creating stories and a lot of those are conversations and a lot of them i realize involve other people but um so i guess i'll 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 tell you what i said if i can remember so i said you don't know what it feels like to be me i said that in my mind and 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 then I start a whole slew or stream of of responses like to protect myself or to de- or to defend myself. And I, I said, I remember saying things at that moment in my mind like, "Well, you don't know what it's like to be um, in my mind or in my body. You don't know what it's like to be me. Or what works for you doesn't work for me." 
And I felt, I guess, when I was thinking about it, even after that moment, I felt like, or even not thinking about it consciously, but I felt in that moment like when she said, why you give him tension, that she was imposing on me, that it was an imposition on on me and my relationship with him. And and so the the conversation in my mind evolves from, well, you don't know what it's like to be me to then, it, it then evolves slowly and it evolves into, well, what works for you doesn't, might not work for somebody else. What works for you in your mind and body doesn't work for somebody else in their mind and their body. And these are all forms of self-protection, of course, and, and imaginary responses that I'm giving my mother-in-law in my head for um, a situation in the past that may never repeat itself. But clearly, the lesson here is for me. The learning here is for me. And I've realized that when my voice of judgment, when it speaks, it's actually some understanding that I need. So what I gained from the evolution of the imaginary conversation that I was having in my head was that I understand now that what works for somebody else in their relationship with someone else might not work for me in my relationship with anybody. And I think I've said things like, well, around that nature, like you don't know what it's like to be me or... um, you don't know what it's like to be in my body. And that feels like to me when I, when I truly feel these things in my body because my shot back, my immediate response is, is something that is energetically not, not, doesn't feel best, doesn't sit best for me, doesn't make me feel the best or leave me walking away feeling the best. And it's, it's like in that moment I'm just triggered. And so I hope that even my in, in those moments that I feel triggered, that my triggered response evolves over time, right? I, I hope so. But just in this conversation with myself in my mind, where I was giving imaginary responses to someone telling me, well, why do you, why do you tell him about um, things that, you know, might not, um, in their opinion, concern him? And... And then I realized that, I mean, I just come back to me, right? I come back to just knowing and feeling in my gut what is what is right for me and what feels right for me. And really the, the judgment that I have of anybody, which re- for me takes the form of these imaginary conversations that never happen, right? They're, it, it could be something in the past that then replays itself, but I still get to learn from it if I really visit and um, and try to understand my response to the conversation, my triggered response, and also the evolution of this of the response, which is really, really my my ego or my storyteller or or me, some part of me that is trying to understand that is trying to give me some understanding. So I just wanted to share this story with you guys because um, as soon as, I thought about calling my partner and telling him that I spilled the water. I had like fear rise up within me. And I thought that, you know, if his if his mom was there, then she would ask me or or it just reminded me of the moment of the time in the past where she did ask me, um, you know, why why am I doing something? And really that that's what it comes down to, right? Like why are you doing this or why are you doing that? And really it brings me back to myself and 
what is right for me and what is true for me. And I think that so much of our judgment, I mean, if, if you relate to this and you find yourself um, having imaginary conversations with people, um, really the issues that you take that, that you take up with, the, the, the things that bother you in your head are probably or perhaps your own way of gaining understanding, the understanding that you need and the understanding that you seek on some level. And for me, so much of that um, understanding comes, comes back to this sense of self. And I think that I've been building this sense of self and, you know, in my identity for the last few years since I realized that, um, well, my old identity was shattered um, and I realized that I didn't have any. So I've really been building a new one. And with building a new one comes so much sensitivity, which I have to forgive myself for because I think that I'm really harsh. Um, even when I think about judge myself for uh, judge myself perhaps for for even for even being in the state in this place in my life where I feel the need to protect myself or I feel the need to to defend myself but I understand that that's that that's the that's the child in me that's the inner child in me that's the that's the soul or the spirit in me or something something in me that that needs my own attention and my own love and my own my own understanding which is ultimately helping me come closer to the truth of me to the truth of I am I am and I admire my, my partner so much for this because um because he's so strong in his character and his mother that you know tells him um so many things about um you know, when he wears his shirt inside out and she she tells him and bugs him about that and tries to get him to change it or just, you know, so many other things about his beliefs or his religion or his practice or anything, right? She probably isn't able to budge him on like anything that, um, on, on much and definitely not anything that, he's, that, he, that he believes in strongly, right? If it's right for him, then then he stands by it. And I think that I have gotten a long ways with my own mom um but it's interesting that there's still that there's still judgment for my partner's mom um which i guess is you know something that i can continue to reflect on but it's almost like i've crossed these bridges with my own mom so why am i so sensitive to my partner's mom and what she thinks I don't know. Maybe you guys have an answer to this. Do you? I don't know. Are you have you are you comfortable with your own mom and not bugged by like the differences um, in opinion or belief that you and your your biological mom have? And and then do you feel differently or are you like really triggered by your mother in law? I don't know. Or your father in law. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Le leave a comment and, and let me know because this is just funny. <laughs> but I'm glad to talk about it and I'm glad to talk to you guys. I hope you guys are well wherever you are. It's just, um, it's really, really interesting to me that when I, when I discovered that, oh, 
this conversation that I'm having in my in my mind is actually for myself. It's actually for it's actually to for myself to deepen my own understanding that I seek. Right? So my own understanding in in understanding this person's behavior who said something that bothered me, right? That that triggered me that didn't make me feel good on some level. Now I want to understand why this person said that. Right? And and I actually came to understand why people say that in my response in my slew of responses to her my imaginary responses in my head (laughs) which started with well which which started with well you don't know what it's like to be me and ended with well what works for somebody might not work for somebody else and when I was and this happened over maybe like a a spur of just maybe three to four seconds and at the end of that four seconds at the end of that four seconds, I had the understanding and my body probably felt calmer. My mind felt, my, my mind was quieter. And that's when I really, I had the aha moment and I was like, oh, these conversations are happening for me. They're happening for me. They are being had for me. Yes. And they are happening for me. I'm having them for myself because, because I'm bothered and I would be bothered by somebody saying something like that in the world, right? Maybe not just to me, but somebody just saying that in general. And I seek to understand why somebody would say something like that. Because when I get the understanding, when I understand I'm not as emotional, I'm not, I'm not as triggered by it, I'm not bothered by it. Because I understand why people how 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 people think when they when they say something like that and they obviously or maybe aren't considering what it is like for somebody else in their mind or in their body or what it's like for somebody else in their experience so um it's um really wonderful that i had that aha moment because now i can and i hope you do this too if you relate but when you're having those imaginary conversations Allow them to evolve and keep evolving as you feel yourself, as you feel your, your energy quieting, your mind quieting, yourself feeling until you, you feel like you're back to yourself again. Because that momentary trigger that, you know, that is brought about is, is probably the cause of something that you want to understand better you want to understand and so when you find yourself if you find yourself having an imaginary conversation in your response to the other person lies the understanding that you truly seek the understanding that you need and the understanding that you seek and so think about reflect on the the things that you find yourself saying back to that person because our mind plays out this conversation. Maybe our ego plays it out. But it's really so that it's really for us to understand about ourselves. And the ego involves other people in the conversation to deter our self from ourself and to blame other people, right? Because that's, that's what the ego does. Um, but if you can have that aha moment 
and you can you can understand you can just reflect on the things that are coming out of your mouth in that imaginary conversation you'll see that whatever is is actually what you need to understand and so once you gain that understanding and you gain that clarity you may never actually have to say that in real life to anybody right whether it's your mother-in-law even if the same situation arises right or or any with anybody that you find yourself you know speaking to in the world once you truly gain that understanding you may not actually need to have the words come out of your mouth and if you do if you do that's okay too if you feel the need to say something that's okay too because at that moment it will be an offering right it'll be educating somebody on a perspective that maybe they didn't see before and maybe um maybe beneficial to them right and and maybe beneficial to you too if you feel the need to um stand up for yourself in that moment but it won't it will come from a place of understanding and not a trigger um and not an emotion and so i wish you guys the best um in all of your conversations real and imaginary i love you i'll see you